The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. My name is Benjamin Shapiro, and I'm the executive producer of the MarTech Podcast. And today, we've got a special go-to-market episode for you, which is going to be guest-hosted by Jordan Crawford, who is the co-founder of Blueprint. Jordan is an expert in all things go-to-market, and I'm thrilled to invite him and his friends to take the mic and share their knowledge with you, our loyal MarTech Podcast listeners. Okay, here's a go-to-market episode of the MarTech Podcast with guest host Jordan Crawford from Blueprint. My name is Jordan Crawford from Blueprint, and today we're talking all about go-to-market. Now, this week, we've already talked about market pain scoring, context on mental models, and we did a breakdown of IHearEverything.com and how they might go to market. Now, today, we're still joined with the absolutely fantastic Kyle Williams. He's the founder at Brickstack. Brickstack helps B2B companies service their best insights from their TAM. And today we're doing some more go-to-market hot takes. How goes it, Kyle? Hey, it's great. It's a great day out today. It is a great day out here. And we're on both sides of the country, so that's a rare case. Must be good in the middle, too. <laughs> All right. So today we're going to dive into vendor, V-E-N-D-R.com, hopin, H-O-P-I-N.com. We're going to try to make an attempt to get to Webflow. So in this live go-to-market hot take, we're going to get some understanding about what does the company do? What are some big problems that they solve? Where can we find indications of that problem? And how might Brickstack and other tools similar help us quantify that? And then how does that map to sort of messaging? So Kyle, let's have you start in Vendor and talk to us about what Vendor does. Quick reminder for folks, we're going to do quick pass on these. So who is this business? What do they do? Vendor looks like what they do. It says save on SaaS guaranteed. We buy and renew all of your SaaS offers a service for you getting you the best price quickly without having to negotiate a single deal. So looks what they do is SaaS procurement. You have a ton of tools and those are renewing every year. You may be using them, not using them at different levels and you want an expert on your side to help get a better deal. And it looks like they do that on the buy side as well, right? We're thinking about buying the software. Do you have relationships? Can you get us a better deal? They work with companies like Gainsight, Canva, Lattice, HubSpot, Litmus. So it looks like a lot of tech first, tech enabled companies. So presumably they're using a lot of SaaS. So that makes a lot of sense. And looking at their pricing, they have starter growth and enterprise. And it says for they're bucketed by how much you spend on SaaS instead of how many employees or anything like that. If you spend 400 to a million, million to 5 million, 5 million plus. 
So that's really helpful because we now have a thing we can quantify. So that should make this fairly straightforward in terms of how we think about the breakdown. This feels like a, just a great example to do this. And their business sort of lends itself perfectly to this model because it's very clear. I save you money. And you'll hear all the time businesses, what value do you provide your customer? Oh, well, you know, it's slightly better to interact with your employees. It's like, oh, gosh, quantifying that is hard. But this is dollars and cents. So let's just dive into it. I mean, basically, it sounds like saving money on your SaaS. So Kyle, how might we start thinking about where can we find indications of this pain? I mean, they're really cool. I mean, we could probably spend three hours just on vendor, but we're going to do this in about, <laughs> we're gonna do this about two and a half minutes. So I would look at the different buckets of pain. So we talked about that last time. So some of the buckets of pain are going to be you have a lot of SaaS, maybe compared to your company size or maybe traffic, right? So maybe you have too many things or that's just the nature of your business. Or maybe you have too many people spending time on managing it. So you've got a ton of ops folks and procurement folks compared to your company size. So you're just spending too much time managing this stuff. So there's a number of different ways I might slice this. But for today, let's start with the example of you just have too many tools. So if we know how many tools you have, we can make a, a best guess effort at how much you're spending. We can kind of know whether we're talking about starter growth or enterprise and how to align. You know, they have different guarantees. The more you spend, the bigger the savings you're expected to get. The bottom tier just pays for itself. Just to quantify so people kind of know, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Kyle, but we're looking at what technologies can we identify on their website to sort of bucket what they're spending on now. And maybe we combine that with employees and traffic to be able to get some sort of sense based on existing vendor customers. Is, is that right? Are you reading my notes? <laughs> yeah. No, we don't share any notes. <laughs> <laughs> I would look at a combination of, it looks like they help with some internal tooling as well, which would be a little bit trickier to see from the outside. You could probably make some assumptions based on, you know, if you have a high density of finance folks, then maybe you're spending a lot on Excel or something. But for the most part, I would look at external signals and then we can make some assumptions about internal. And in fact, there's a great point. We could talk about messaging at depth, but the quick point I would make is sometimes you don't want to go too deep. It can be creepy, right? If we're like, hey, I inspected your network traffic and it looks like you're using AWS, right? That's a little bit creepy. So one of the first places I would start is I would look at their web traffic, employees, and then compare that to the tech they have that costs money. And for this type of thing, it's better to be close in aggregate than to try to get your numbers exactly right. So if I see that you've got, say, Salesforce and Pardot showing up on your website for web forms and you've got 200 employees, I can make an assumptions about what your Salesforce spend is. And then I can combine that with the other tools that you have that cost money. And so I could sort of bucket you into a, you're probably spending at least 36,000 to you're probably spending at least 100,000 to a million to whatever in SaaS. And then I would call out the tools that either I have the most case studies where I could talk about, you know, you founded the company three years ago and you have Salesforce. So it's probably your second or third renewal. So you're probably not used to them with Salesforce. We've done 5,000 Salesforce renewals. And what we found was this insight, right? And the more I can tie that to the tooling you have or the stage of company, the more likely I am to have an insight. So I'd start to look at, so the friction I have is going to be a combination of how much I've grown, the number of tools I have that cost money, and how much experience I need to have to be able to properly navigate these conversations. And so the more that I can highlight this as Bender, the better I'm going to be. And this is just exactly the thing here. And if you look at their pricing in their sort of growth and enterprise plan, they say $156,000 of savings guarantee and $360,000 of savings guarantee. The challenge with not doing it the way that Kyle's talking about is that there are some companies that you may be able to save $5 million a year. 
And you won't know unless you go through this exercise. And that's kind of the brilliance here is that they get it that this isn't a number of employees or number of users. It's about the SaaS spend. But now they need to quantify that SaaS spend to know if they can save someone 150000 or, you know, $1.5 million. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. So let's dive into the next one here. We've got Hopin. So why don't we you do a couple minutes on Hopin describing their business, and then let's tear down what they're doing and do a quick go-to-market hot take. So Hopin, all your events, all on Hopin. So create immersive, virtual, hybrid, and in-person event experiences for your audience, no matter where they are. So they've got this virtual venue, studio, event marketing. So it's kind of an all-in-one for any type of event. They obviously took off during the pandemic when everybody went to virtual then have expanded into other types of, of event marketing that you might do to be able to run everything in one platform. So that's under the context of what they do. Let's look at their pricing page. So they go all the way from free. So you can do events up to hundred registrants, starter growth, business and enterprise, right? So they have two categories where you have to talk to a salesperson. So I imagine that's a pretty sizable part of their internal motion is those business and enterprise conversations. And let's just quickly look at some of their customers. So we've got Slack, VMware, Wall Street Journal, Glassdoor, The Atlantic. So small companies. Yeah, tiny business SMB. <laughs> yeah. I imagine it's a bit of everything, but it does seem like there's a lot of, you know, if you're not a full tech company, that at least you want to create the tech company experiences for your audience, right? So I'd say the Atlantic, Wall Street Journal, probably very similar, right? Been around forever, but trying to create some tech forward experiences. So let's talk about buckets of pain. So buckets of pain, imagine are across the board with this one. Everything from the, yeah, we do a weekly webinar, but that seems pretty low value for the type of work they're doing. You know, it's interesting. We talked a little bit about community with I Hear Everything, and I would think that this would also be potentially relevant here, right? Do they have community? Do they have sort of a built-in audience that they need to re-engage versus are they using this for driving revenue? The closer we're going to get to revenue, the more value. 
So I would think about that. Like, where does Hopin get closest to revenue is probably the easiest relative term here. The easiest to quantify, right? The more I can understand about the value you're going to get out of Hopin. So let's focus on that. So what I would do is look at across their prospects, who's investing in events today? Do they have a dedicated events page? And, and maybe I would develop like a custom event marketing maturity model. Do they have an events page? Do they have a certain density of events? Do they have a combination, right? So what's the complexity of their events? Do they have virtual? Do they have webinars? Do they have in-person? Do they have their own conference? Are they sponsoring other conferences? So what's their overall field marketing to event marketing profile look like? And then I would potentially look at how they're hosting, right? When you register, does it take me to a Zoom link so I can start to compare the experience your guests have versus does it take me to like a hosted platform? Am I being dropped in multiple platforms, right? Do I have a Zoom link for this one, but then I'm being dropped into Meetup for that one. And now I don't have this cohesive experience for my users. And then I'd probably, you know, for the purpose of today, I would hone in on the heavy maturity, but a lot of complexity to manage, right? So who has five different platforms they're managing, but they're doing all different types of events and even other signals, right? Do they have a code of conduct tells me something about how mature they are. And then I would talk about all the challenges that you have when the challenge of like, what do you do when somebody's in both, right? And how do you combine that experience and make sure that they can properly interact as an example? Okay, so we've got some understanding now of the types of people that we're targeting. We've scored them by what's going on on their website. We're having an understanding of what tools they're using. We know sort of how complex their system is. And we're looking for where does the waterfall create a picture or drown you? Right. <laughs> so when are you standing back from it or when are you being deluged by it? So we've got some indications there. So talk to me about how you might think about the quantification and sort of let's like wrap this thing up into some messaging here to talk about how they might go after a prospect. So the super quick way for quantification, very clearly you would look at something like traffic. So how much traffic are they getting their homepage maybe versus their events page and just sort of compare where the drop-offs are happening. That gives you a potential score, right? So how much are they from homepage to events page? Are they missing out on some potential that you see across the market? And then by looking at their maturity versus complexity, so they have a ton of stuff that they're all trying to manage. So they if they're very mature, tons of event types, but it's complex, tons of different logins and other places people have to go, then there's some drop-off that happens from there. I can quantify. Like you're confusing people because they're trying to stay engaged with your brand, but you're sending them to a bunch of different places, which in our experience leads to X percent drop-off. You could be getting Y percent uplift. Would you like to chat through some tips we've seen from our experience, right? It just drops in the messaging from there. That's great. And one of the things they talk about in their pricing here is price per additional registration. So some of the things that you talk about are a way for us to quantify the pain that they are in too, which happens to correlate with the price that Hopin charges, which is really great because now we can say who has a really advanced motion and who has a lot of events marketing people who is doing everything from virtual events, webinars to in-person events. So you know that they have a lot of registrations, which happens to correlate nicely with your price and your value. That was fantastic, Kyle. So let's do one last one and see if we can get to it. Webflow, Webflow, fantastic. I'm a Webflow customer. Who isn't a Webflow customer is probably a better question to ask. It's It feels like the default go-to. You know, I was struggling to pull up the website because it keeps dropping me into the app. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, right? We're just, I'm editing my page instead of doing this hot take. All right, give us an understanding of Webflow for the three or four people that maybe haven't heard about it. 
So the site you want without the dev time, your website should be a marketing asset, not an engineering challenge. So they're reducing the friction between marketing ideation to how you get things live and and constantly needing to bug your developers, other things. So they make it really simple. It's sort of in that like no code, low code world. And they've taken a lot of the world by storm. They also have this separate section for enterprise, right? So for organizations, right? So how do we find those sweet spot customers for Webflow Enterprise, where it says uh, build better websites faster, our Webflow, backed by advanced security, custom traffic scaling, guaranteed uptime, and much more. Trusted by teams at over 150,000 of the world's leading organizations. I can read these out in the interest of time. I know we're going fast, but it's a wide swath from Dell to Discord, right? They say we've got a little bit of everything. So the power of code without writing it, update marketing as the market changes. So there's a lot about speed to make changes. There's a case study from Rakuten saying, now my team can make changes in 20 minutes. They've taken an expensive programmer four to five hours. And there's a lot of positioning here of like switching from WordPress. Yeah, they got all kinds of plugins. We hire a bunch of agencies to come manage stuff and Webflow, you can make those changes yourself, right? So that feels like the core problem that they're solving. The buckets of pain feel like, do I have enough things going on in my site or changes that are happening that probably cause me a lot of pain? So again, very similar. Look for those buckets of pain. Probably do a market analysis for something like this first, right? They cover so much that we're going to have to guess on the call. But I would guess that it's WordPress sites with certain sections that tend to be changed frequently. So not as much on the about page, but like a product page that has like six solutions. That's a huge indicator that somebody's got to go in and now we're constantly changing, right? What's our overall value prop? And how does this lay across our six pro? Are we a platform now? Do we need a platform page? Right? There's constant changes to marketing messaging that if you're a WordPress site, you're probably constantly going back to some outsource agency and paying tons of money and waiting three weeks to get results back. So we could look for those types of things, right? So the first thing I'd look at is maybe who is, this is one where I'd look at the market from a perspective of who, but for the fact that we don't see obvious pain yet, they'd be perfect for Webflow. So they're on WordPress or some sort of not quite Webflow quality platform and they're selling something. There's maybe a pricing page or there's other indications that this is like a B2B or large B2C. And then I would watch for key changes that happen here. So did they go from having two products under their solution section to six products? Well, now there's a whole mess of changes that have to happen for that. Or if they went from two to three, maybe they're about to go to four. So they're constantly in flow. So every time I see those happen, that's a good indicator. Now, the more of that turnover I see over the course of a year that I know they have a ching going to their WordPress developer, a delay to getting feedback, and that's a huge challenge. So I would look for those types of signals for them and then figure out how to package that up. And again, just like we saw with the other ones, you sort of get messaging for free, right? You're making a lot of changes. Marketing probably has a lot of impact or has a lot of, that you have to manage to run this. And how do you test? How do you make sure you have the right messaging, the right content going to your users? Make that easier with Webflow. That makes a ton of sense. And just this last quote here from Sarah Smith, who is at Rakuten. Now my team can make changes in 20 minutes that would have taken an expensive programmer four to five hours. That's what you're trying to get at. How do you identify the sites that take four to five hours to update? Kyle, thank you so much. This has been helpful. We're going to do one more of these because they're so valuable. So in our next episode, we're going to look at partner management, tools like Partner Stack, Allbound, Impact, and Crossbeam. So make sure to tune in. Thanks so much for chatting with me today, Kyle, and look forward to hearing you tomorrow in our last go-to-market hot take. We'll see you there. Okay, that wraps up this go-to-market episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Jordan Crawford, founder of Blueprint, and Kyle Williams, founder of Brickstack, for joining us. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Kyle, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. 
You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is Kyle Will. That's K-Y-L-E-W-I-L-L. Or you could visit his company's website, which is brickstack.com. If you'd like to learn more about our guest host, Jordan Crawford, the co-founder of Blueprint, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you could visit his company's website, which is blueprintdata.io. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter, and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you could always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.